1: Hey everybody, welcome to the uh, Monday edition of RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Today is Monday, November 2nd. That's right, it's November. It's the day before Election Day. Thank God it's almost over. Now there'll be the uh, commentary afterwards, blah, blah, blah. But we'll move on because there's plenty of uh, stuff to digest on the football field itself from Week 8, Chris. uh, And not all of it was good. Uh, there There was a lot of stuff that was hard to digest. If you're a Jonathan Taylor owner things were not good if you uh, had pieces of the uh niners offense for three and a, three quarters it wasn't good and you know not good at all if you had jimmy garoppolo but uh where do you want to start
3: well first off thanks for coordinating the colors of yeah. the uh, videocast with me i really appreciate that jeff I, i'm here i asked you i thought it was a big ask um but i you know we, we you know we're a team here with this video cast, and we show it with the uh uniform yeah but uh, you put that he had the black undershirt dude you messed it up supposed to be a uh, Navy blue, uh rotowire undershirt. Oh,
1: well, uh, you're doing team colors
3: then too impressive I do a lot. Yeah. So uh, a couple of things. So I had Garoppolo in two leagues that I picked up. What a nutless monkey Garoppolo is. I mean, if you have a bad ankle, just say you have a bad ankle and miss the game. This is like a pitcher going in with a sore arm, getting shelled for eight runs, leaving in the first inning and being like, yeah, I wasn't really feeling right. I tried to gut it out. No, just tell them before the game. That's incredibly annoying. Okay. Secondly, I have Jonathan Taylor in a couple weeks and I had him in like the top 15 overall a couple of weeks after Marlon Mack got hurt and he started taking over the role. I mean, I was hoping for Adrian Peterson. I was willing to settle for Leonard Fournette, but I think we're looking at Trent Richardson without the good rookie year. I mean, Trent Richardson didn't play great his rookie year, but he had good fantasy stats, but Jordan Wilkins is not going to go away now. Jordan Wilkins is going to be in that mix. Naheem Hines is going to be in that mix. Maybe because of the draft capital, they'll force Taylor in, but his value is on the ropes. I mean, this is really – is a crisis right now. I agree. Jonathan Taylor. I would agree. It wasn't just that goal line sequence. It was all game. I mean, he does not find daylight, and it's not just a game or two. This has been like six games. There's just not that running free in space, making people miss, getting to the outside, all the things that a – know, a high quality running back does. And then you see Jordan Wilkins doing it effortlessly. And at first you're like, wait, why is Jonathan Taylor struggling? That's supposed to be a really good offensive line. But then Wilkins looks like he's running behind a good offensive line. So I don't, I really don't know. Uh, rivers, lack of arm strength isn't really helping, but it's all dump, dump offs and stuff. But again, Wilkins was fine. Maybe they're like, Oh, Jonathan Taylor, the marquee pedigreed prospect is in the game. We got a key on him, but Whatever the reason, it's, he's on the ropes.
1: Yeah, it's, I get a kind of Jordan Howard sort of vibe uh, from him. Where, Jordan okay. Howard was good. Yeah, he was, but he became one of those one-dimensional guys on offense. That's my point. You know, he got to the point where you were thinking, okay, he's on the field. There's no way they're going to run like that little wheel route that they ran with Hines so well against the Lions. You know, that that's taken off the table. Maybe he's not good at pass pro either, for that matter. And so that that's taken off the table. It kind
3: of just okay. Let's stack the line. Then here comes another run. Yeah, it might be that. Uh, I just I just haven't seen. I mean, you know, I was watching Barkley on the giants and he was getting swallowed up before he had a chance to go anywhere. And if you didn't know anything, you might be like, who's this scrub Barkley? He got drafted so high, but if you've seen Barkley play enough, you're like, you know that he's good. So maybe it's that, but you know, there's been a lot of, you know, four is very ordinary as an early down runner. We know that Trent Richardson, who was the third overall pick was at, at, actually bad as an early down runner. David Montgomery is, you know, he's not that high of a pedigree guy, but he was still a, reasonably early round running back pick for a NFL team just doesn't have the wiggle, doesn't have the decisiveness, doesn't hit the hole fast enough, doesn't see where it is. And a certain point, you know, it's like the sample gets large enough that the explanation doesn't matter. It's just not happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's that's right. And so we got a problem on our hands. The rest of the season His bye is done. So you're going to have to make decisions every single week with him. Right, are you going to play him or not? I, next week, know we'll see what you know
3: you'll have to see what happens to the rest of your roster but you know he's gonna be hard to start yeah I've got Darrell Darrell Henderson him Nick Chubb to go along with Kamara so I thought I had like an embarrassment of riches at running back in the prime time I you know I was like oh I can't even get Darrell Henderson in my lineup because I've got Chubb and Taylor and now you know Chubb be back in a couple of weeks that's what I'm waiting for but Taylor's as you said almost Unstartable and then you know Richardson's hurt so I'm so I Mean Henderson's hurt so yeah That's a uh, that's an I mean, issue boy do The Rams look terrible on Offense oh well I don't I don't See why this is that surprising I know their offensive line has played Better but golf we know is Average yeah um, cup is pretty good He's a nice slot guy. He's quick but He's not like a destroy you take Over the game type guy. I got 21 Targets for 100 yards this week and then Robert Woods is just a guy also, you know, a decent route runner. Uh, but, not, you know, he's not like an imposing matchup. No Brandon Cooks to stretch the defense. So what do they have? You know, there's, Todd, there's no Todd peak Todd Gurley who was an elite running back. They don't really have – Darrell Henderson looks good when he plays, but there's nothing they have that really worries you at all. And so it's all scheme and misdirection and, it's you know, it's all just craftiness. There's no real – there's no matchup that you fear from the Rams. Yeah, uh, that's right. They, they, you know, they just don't, they can't take it off the top.
1: Even if they had cooks, you know, I don't think golf is that quarterback to kind of be best. Maybe, maybe he needs that. And just the threat of that is good enough, but they don't have the over the top option. They never take shots. Never. Uh, Josh Reynolds is not that guy.
3: No, and Van Jefferson, I thought would get more run this year. He did for a couple weeks and they kind of shelved him. He played a little bit this past week, but I don't know. I I don't really see, um, I don't really see the solution for them. Their defense is good, but it's hard to play defense in 2020. There's just too many rules, too many penalties that, that can be called against the defense. I just don't see a real ceiling for the Rams. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey got hurt in this game too. Uh,
1: so that even the defense could be a little bit of struggle. Although, you know, they shut down Tua. I mean, and, and, and the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins offense was just, you know, moribund. They just took advantage of all the turnovers from the Rams.
3: Yeah, I don't think you could really make a decision on it because you have a rookie quarterback in his first start. You're up 28 to 10 before you can blink. Right. And so they're just going to run it super vanilla and conservative. One thing about Tua that I noticed, the only thing I could really notice – uh, that in a game like that was his release is so quick. Like he just has this weird flick where he gets the ball and he flicks it out to the guy. It's not like he has to like cock the ball and like make a, a throwing motion. It's just like this flick. It was like when we used to play uh, softball with Brendan Ryan and he would feel yeah, the ball and that's just like right. flip it at a hundred miles an hour right to the first base. And you'd be like, dude, like that came out of his hands so fast. Um, and with, you know, with velocity, and this is what it looks like he just flicks the ball quickly, and that is an advantage. I, I couldn't tell, in, in the, you know, given the way the game was going, what kind of an advantage that is, but it is an advantage. It was accurate and quick. Right. So we'll see. We'll see what you know if that's something, if that's a thing. Obviously, people who scout college football probably are already aware of that. But it was kind of weird the way he would get the ball out so quickly.
1: That's right. That's right. And you know, honestly, it, it just you got to give it a little bit of time uh, on this one here, but yeah, uh, you know, for at least one game pretty uh you know pretty difficult uh game uh didn't didn't do a whole lot you know if you had Devonte parker you got the touchdown that was his only catch mike Gasicki, one catch this is too bad you know about two bad weeks in a row for Gasicki and a lot of bad weeks actually he's like all feast or famine uh that's one yeah. thing i'm kind of looking at with him but yeah tough tough all around i guess when you throw for 100 yards worried. nobody's having a good day i'm not worried,
3: yeah, I'm not worried about to uh i mean i'm, I'm worried about him in the sense that he could be a bust like anyone else but i'm not worried about him based on that game
1: no i agree and uh, that's a tough start they draw arizona which is not easy of a start either at arizona this week so patrick peterson will probably be on parker it's bad for parker that's for sure
3: well, I mean, as long as they don't get two defensive touchdowns and a couple of other turnovers early, I, it's going to be very, it's just that game flow is totally wrecked.
1: That's true. That's actually a good point. Um, a couple other games, you know, we got to talk a little Pittsburgh, Baltimore, uh, Pittsburgh. They, you know, I, I thought Baltimore had them down and Baltimore. I mean, let's face it. Lamar Jackson was awful. They lost a lot of offensive linemen in this game, but Pittsburgh, he to rally in this game and was able to do so. They had a couple of huge defensive stands, uh, they get things done.
3: Well, I mean, I had the Ravens as my best bet. They were up 17-7. The only points the Steelers had at the half was a pick six. Yep. Lamar Jackson personally turned it over four times, and the Ravens are still driving it at the end of the game. The, the Ravens Twice. averaged six, six yards per play. The Steelers averaged four yards per play or 4.2 or something like that, or it was 5.8 to four yards per play. Yeah. The Ravens were the better team, in my opinion. It's just that – Lamar Jackson made way too many mistakes. There were 110 penalty yards some of it was ticky tack. And of course, losing Ronnie Stanley uh, is huge. So despite losing him, they out, you know, it was, I was in the first quarter. So they, they outplayed them. I think the Steelers were a little sluggish to start also because they had a war with the Titans uh, who probably also suffered the after effects of that war in their game. But uh, the Ravens without Ronnie Stanley and without, uh, and with Lamar Jackson playing the way he is, I don't see them as a serious contender. They're a gimmick team. They're like, I, I don't know. I, I know John Hart was a good coach, but I wouldn't put them in the top five NFL teams to win the Super Bowl now.
1: Yeah, losing Stanley's huge. Uh, I'll say J.K. Dobbins looks the part. Uh, I, I, I want to see if they can keep feeding him the ball a little bit more. I, I you know, that's one thing. Um, the Ingram injury kind of forced this hand, but you knew they drafted him in the second round for a reason. They knew he had the talent and he was like, not just like open field. He was breaking some tackles, showed some power too.
3: Yeah. That's a tough run defense. You know, all three, the Steelers like never give up any rushing yards and they gave up three fifty yard rushers in the same game, including a hundred yard rusher and Dobbins. So it was kind of a crazy thing, but the, the Ravens, I mean, Basically, half their passing yards, more than half, was Willie Snead on just totally busted plays. There's almost nothing to Marquise Brown. He got a touchdown, but that was it for like three yards. Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson's just not. He's just like herky jerky. Yeah, know? he is. He's I don't off. know. He's, he is he's definitely off. off.
1: After the game, Marquise Brown tweeted uh, his displeasure with the, the two targets from the game. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I have Mark Andrews in my primetime league, and so you know, do I. Still had a pretty good week. I had 160 points. DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson cure a lot of ills, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm worried about that. You know, you spend a st- significant draft cap ball on someone like that, you you want the production. You want the regular targets, and he's
3: not getting that anymore. Yeah, it's uh, the the passing game is just a mess. It is. It, it is. It's weird. It's, it, has Lamar Jackson been solved? Is that basically what happened? Is that... I mean, RG three is a rookie. Now this is Lamar Jackson's third year, but last year was kind of a rookie year because he didn't play like the first half in 2018. Only played the, you know last six or seven games and then the playoffs. So last year was like his first year being completely unleashed on the league and passing along with the running MVP deserved it. Had a great year, but has he been solved? You know, RG three had that run pass option. It was so effective as a rookie. Then he got hurt, unfortunately, but are these gimmicky things that get solved? They're impossible to stop until you really figure out a game plan for it. And then once you kind of have the game plan, that's it. You know, the guy has to take another step as a passer, otherwise it's over.
1: Yeah, maybe, uh, you know, I, it's, it's, here's the thing. We always ask these questions, but there's no control. It's like, we, we changed a lot of different elements. We changed the Ravens offensive line, you know, that that that's a big aspect of it. Your best ever offensive lineman retires. Okay, well that that's a pretty big aspect.
3: But they still had a Pro Bowl All World tackle until yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and so that you know he, maybe Yanda was the jenga piece that when you pull it the thing collapses. But right. Um. And you know Hayden Hurst was a good blocker too. Remember they, they got rid of him. Yeah. Although I, I think like Nick Boyle or the other guys pretty good too blocking, but. It's just, it, it's really, I mean, for an offense that was such a machine last year to look so just out of it and, you know, they move the ball. Well, it's just, they, there's just no rhythm. There's no sort of like, okay, when you're watching, uh, you know, obviously the chiefs is, or, or the, or the Seahawks are the gold standard, but when you're, when you're watching a good offense of any kind, get into a rhythm, run for a six yard gain, throw for a 12 yard gain, run for a four yard gain, throw for a seven yard gain, and just get into a rhythm and then gash them with the big play as they bring the safeties up because they're getting beat up too much on first down. You're like, okay, here's, here's an offense I can trust. And the Ravens offense was kind of like that last year. It was just unstoppable. And now it's just, it's just all a bunch of randomness, him running around there. Yeah. It's, it, there's no sense of rhythm and it's kind of like the Cardinals. Although, I mean, give me Kyler Murray straight up over Lamar Jackson in fantasy and reality. I don't, don't think, it, I don't even think it's that close.
1: I don't know about reality yet. Cause I'm not sold on uh, Murray as a passer either.
3: Uh, for that matter. But uh, I think he's got more touch, you know, it's like he's herky jerky too, but he, I think, you know, the ball that he throws is like Lamar Jackson seems to zip it at like a hundred miles an hour all the time. Everything's a, a line drive cannon and Murray's got a little more arc and touch on it. It's got, a, he's got a little bit of the Russell Wilson passing, you know, like a little bit of that rainbow, uh, which is a little bit easier to catch. Yeah. I, I, it's funny cause you know,
1: the Ravens—that's the team you spend all offseason to try to solve, you know. And so it's—they're they, up to like a harder test right now. I think that's part of the, the issue too. You know, you—you you can't do that with every franchise. I just—I feel like you probably—you, you, you know, arizona they, they you do some prep, but let's face it, you know, San, Seattle and San Francisco are worried about each other more than they're worried about Arizona, for instance, right now.
3: Well, I—I I just think that the more gimmicky the guy is the more it's just solve this problem and then you've got it do this thing to stop this thing that they do. And it's over. Whereas the more the guys like Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, where it's not like a gimmicky thing that they do, it's just, they can do it all. Yeah. Then there's, there's nothing to figure out how to solve because there is no solution. The solution is going to be one of those Belichick games where you contain, you bend, but don't break, you give up yards, you, Try to limit, you know, Tyreek Hill and Nicole Hardman now, which is another interesting development. He seems to be part of the offense again,
1: yeah.
3: although I'm sure he'll let me down as soon as I put him back in the lineup. But, you know, you limit the deep guys and let, you know, let them throw the short stuff, or you take away Kelsey and Hill and let them beat you with somebody else. I mean, when you're dealing with, like, Wilson or Mahomes, you don't get to stop them. You, you just have to, like, just make it just a tiny bit harder for them, and they might still beat you anyway. And I think that's the difference between them and a guy. Now, maybe Lamar Jackson can transcend that. Maybe he can you know, right. be like, OK, now I'll just do this and there won't be a solution. But right now it seems like they're a little bit solved. Yeah, I, I, that's the
1: thing is, yeah, they have to change the equation. They have to add another element there. They have to change something there and they they probably need time to do it. But they, they were coming off a buy. Also, they had a little bit more time this past week and they they still weren't able to well, kind of we, get completely on track. I mean, they did. I mean, they moved the ball.
3: Uh, don't give me, you know, they moved that, it a that. ton. They moved it a ton, and, and they were fine against the Steelers. It's just that the, the four turnovers are just unacceptable. You can't turn it over four times. And some of those shows are just dumb. There was another one that I think was like a dropped pick where you should have had another one. It was just, it yeah. was like just sloppiness. It was just this cavalier, Jay Cutler esque flip the ball up into traffic. It was just, and, and because he doesn't have the the other polish of like just going through progressions, like making like incredible you know, decisions and throws, it was, it just looked like he was very limited. And, uh, you're seeing Josh Allen get exposed. You're seeing some, I was just wrote a thing about how we're in a new paradigm where pocket passing is, is nice, but you need the running element. And I kind of still think that's true, but now you're seeing some of these, uh, running quarterbacks get exposed the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I, I wonder about that too. Uh, are they just you know, are, 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 is this just, are they getting, getting schemed against? Could it be the weather? You know, who knows? I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's, they, they have to resolve, you know, that these offensive coordinators need to help them too to unlock that. I mean, you can't just run the same thing. Okay. We are just going to run our thing and they're not going to be able to stop us. Well, okay. They stopped us. Now what do we do?
3: Yeah. I mean, again, like they, it was okay. They moved the ball. The turnovers were killer, but if there weren't turnovers, they would have won that game comfortably. But, and you know, big Ben didn't look great either, by the way, on the other side of the Ravens defense looked pretty good. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And there might, but there's got, it can't just be, you know, Lamar Jackson just has to not throw, make those bad decisions. I don't know what the coordinator can do for him in that instance and yeah. get, and they have to get the ball to Mark Andrews. And obviously Steelers are a good pass rush losing your pro bowl left tackle. That's a tough order, but you got to get the ball to Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. You got to, so you got to get the ball in the hands of playmakers, even if you yourself are a playmaker.
1: Yeah. Speaking of the Steelers, list, listen to who they draw the next three weeks: Cowboys,
3: Bengals, Jaguars. Wow. That seems pretty good. So, that be something the you'd Bengals be interested in now. The, the Bengals are a team now, though. Uh, I mean, it's a good matchup, you know, for offense. But the Bengals had a little bit of pass rush. Their secondary played well. They shut down AJ Brown and you know Henry got his but he didn't kill them partly because of game flow but the Bengals did not look soft they looked no. normal they looked like an average defense
1: right and even the Cowboys i mean it's hard to tell when is so damn bad uh I, I you know even the Cowboys could showed a little bit of fight last night although that game was just uh it was just a slap fight it
3: was so ugly um Dude, that game I, I it was it was hard to watch even the 40 minute version yeah and that's with the Eagles, I was laying seven at the Eagles. I had Rieger going in a couple leagues, although I sat him in that one where I asked the question. I didn't use AJ Green, thank God. And then I uh, also had, well, I had Wentz, which wasn't great in a couple leagues over Burrow. But the but the point is that that game was bad, even though it mostly went my way, and I only had to watch it for forty minutes. It was still a difficult watch, but it was a miracle that defensive touchdown to, to cover the spread. I had the Eagles' defense going. It was yeah. just. It was just a miracle. It was like, ah, I don't deserve this cover. And even to the end, like the Cowboys almost backdoored it. But what a, what a total shit show. Yeah,
1: it, it was. It, it completely was. Uh, the, the Cowboys were just running all these gimmick plays. You know, Cedric Wilson was heavily oh, no, involved in insane. stuff. You know, Cooper didn't get a target till the second half, although I think there was some com- uh, conflict on that. But that's at least what the broadcast was saying last night. But the uh, point was he was invisible for a really long stretch of time again. And Darius Slay was hurt. It wasn't a Slay thing. You know, it, it was just, they, they they were more invested in the gimmick than Cooper and Lamp, which doesn't make any sense.
3: Well, they didn't trust that they could get it done straight up. Uh, yeah. What was funny was they, there was one point they were up to 9-7. It was like mid third quarter. They're driving
2: mm-hmm.
3: and they're just like pounding the ball and it's working like Pollard's getting big runs. Zee's yep. getting big runs. They had like six runs in a row. They were at like the 40, 35. They're at the 25. Oh, at the 25. And then they try a weird reverse to Cedric Wilson, lose 10 yards for no reason. I mean, there was just no point in doing that. Then they're out of field goal range. They, I think they uh, – how do they get the ball? Uh, how, anyway, the, the Eagles – oh, he maybe missed a field he goal. He missed the like, long remember, field goal, the 54-yarder after that. Yeah. The Eagles get the ball back, score the touchdown, and cover the spread. It was just a beautiful thing that McCarthy did that. It was a total unforced error to do that trick play.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it looked like Wilson wanted to throw on that play, uh, but he just had no time whatsoever because you notice like uh, on that play, like Danucci was kind of they were trying to do a Philly special to Philly is what I thought, and, you know, Fletcher Cox Cox sniffed it out and just smothered him, and that you're right. That just destroyed a great drive. You know, that's the one thing, and you're the Cowboys. You're playing for field goals, (laughs) and don't do anything to get yourself out of field goal position. It was, it was pretty bad, but it was exactly what I needed. So I was very happy to see it. Yeah. Jalen Rieger looked, looked pretty good. I uh, had one drop, but you know, he made a couple of plays. Fulgham is still a player. He's still a thing. Wentz, Wentz was terrible. He, he was horrible. We, you know, we were always saying like, Hey, he's got the Steelers. Put him in your top seven. Yeah. I mean, he's got, excuse me. He's got the Cowboys. He's in, put him in your top 10, put him in your top five, put him over Lamar Jackson.
3: Uh, not so much. I started him over Joe burrow and it cost me 10 points. Uh, you know, it's the turnovers. One thing though, the Cowboys can rush the passer and the Eagles offensive line is terrible. And Wentz could not step into throws. I no. mean, it was like, he just was trying to turn around. And he scrambles pretty well back there. And he's trying to like, when he's smart in the sense, he scrambles away from the first rusher. And then you're trying to like turn, set your body to throw, but you kept seeing him trying to set his body. And there was another rusher on him and he couldn't ever step into anything. And so maybe even when you're not being rushed, you're, like, so used to being, you know, off your rhythm and off your mm-hmm. form that you're, you start, you know, just, like, chucking it, you know, off the back foot. But he was bad, but that line is really a problem, and I don't yeah. know that it gets better. You know, I don't, I don't really know how they get better.
1: He's block. got a little bit of dimes issue, too, with awareness, though, too, because, like, that first fumble, you know, he had time. He bought, bought the time. He was outside the pocket. You just got to throw it away. And his internal right. clock wasn't there. We always talk about these guys that buy time, you know, make, make try to make the play, how they're more vulnerable to sacks and fumbles. Well, that that's that
3: was the consequence of that. Yeah, you saw that stat where Dimes has been pressured 43% of the time. And yep. the next highest was like 33%, which is like the Jets or Darnold or, I mean, or uh, Wentz or the Bengals. Like those are all in the low 30s. So Darn, I mean, so Dimes – Yes, he gets sacked. Yes, he fumbles. But nobody is even in position to be sacked and fumbled nearly as much as him. That's now, true. He might be causing some of those pressures because he does hold the ball too long. But the Giants offensive line is abominable. This is going to be a very interesting game tonight with, uh, <laughs> with like the best pass rushing. Yeah,
1: it, I, 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 yeah it's, it's a very interesting thing. Uh, we'll talk about that. I want to talk about Burrow in a second here. But first, Smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart bettors use ProSwap. You can always find the best odds on ProSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. ProSwap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to $500 in bonus bonus cash. Just use the promo code ROTO500. That's promo code ROTO500. And ProSwap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to proswap.com or download the ProSwap app. All right. Speaking of offensive lines and Joe, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow had five new offense starters on the offensive line yesterday against the Titans. Titans didn't get a sack all day. Not one
3: sack. Well, think about this, Jeff. Let's say you get a really bad hand in poker and you're playing some sort of draw and you're allowed to swap all five cards. You may <laughs> as well just swap all five cards. You know, it's like there's no reason to just draw three. So I think that's kind of how that worked out. In I think guys. you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> There's something to do
1: that there, and Burrow looked. I mean, Burrow's so good. I'm so happy to have him. I just don't don't get Andrew Lucked in his career. That's all I'm hoping for now. Is they got to get that offensive line improved by the time he you know before he becomes expensive. But uh, he looks so good. And granted, I think the Titans have a way of making you look good. But there was one play, for instance, where you know he bought the time, ended
3: up with this like a six yard run. And I saw that should have been sacked like three times and he like kept wriggling out of it. He's, he's good. He's, he's also, um, just has the mentality, right? Like, so he gets sacked or he makes a bad play or they lose a tight game. You still have the same, like poised, right. Uh, focused guy the next week or the next play. He just has a good mentality for a, for an athlete. He just seems like he's just, you know, his focus is really good. Yeah. The only time he looked over a match was the Baltimore game, that game.
1: He he looked he, he looked overwhelmed, and it was like okay this it's finally gotten to him, but then he bounced back the next week, and he just likes seeing that. Uh, yeah, it, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed on this team, but you know, for one day it was good to be a Bengals fan, uh, especially when you saw all these other offenses struggling, and the Bengals moved the ball all day against Tennessee.
3: Yeah. No, they look good. I you know, there are two bets I made that I really regretted was Green Bay and Tennessee. Like I, I put those in because I made my lines, and then as soon as I saw it, I was like, nah, you know, if Dalvin Cook's healthy, he's gonna run rough shot. I didn't think to this extent over the Packers. And then I was like, Titans are on the road after a war, and they're gonna Burrow's gonna move the ball against them. You know, I didn't I thought the Titans were gonna score a lot more points also. But you know, and, and I just sometimes I'm like it's annoying. Cause it, it's like, I don't, when I set the line initially, I'm not like thinking that hard about it. I'm just sort of like, ah, eh, what seems like about right for me. Yeah. But like, I, I should be like really thinking hard about it. Like, no, I actually want to be in the Bengals. So I'll make it, you know, five and a half or something, you know, or I really want to be on the Vikings. So I'll make it five. But then again, I was, I thought I made it seven and a half for the, for both of those. And and it's like, once you see the actual line, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee the market number. So then you go back and think, oh, this is what I would have done. But it's, <laughs> you can't really do it that way. Anyway, I was just, it's just annoying. Cause as soon as I saw those and realized what side I was on, I was like, I'm on the wrong side.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the thing is, I think one thing about our process and we do guess the lines, you, you do it even earlier than I do, but I, you know, guess the lines Monday night slash Tuesday morning. And then we do it on air on Tuesday, uh, I almost feel like sometimes we get locked in on that. Too. You know, Once we do that, that sets our whole process for the week. But you don't really have to make your picks until Wednesday. You know, I, I understand sometimes first impressions are the best impressions, but not always. You know, sometimes we get okay. locked into that process
3: but we don't, it's not like Wednesday's that late either. I mean, sometimes it's by Friday. I'm like, ah, I hate my picks because two yeah. days have gone by and news has come in. And, but we lock it in Wednesday. So we're, and, and I lock mine in Wednesday morning, Portugal time, which is basically Tuesday of late night U S time. So, you know, when I lock them in, it's not that much different. It's just, I, I really like, I don't know. I'm, I'm very torn on the whole thing. It's like, look with, with a public betting, you know, when you're talking about NFL bets where information's public, that no one's really got good private information. So it's, it's not like there's somebody with an edge that way, really. So everything's public, and the, everything's sort of priced on the line to a large extent. Uh, the question is, are you better off being sort of a numbers better bet the number, not the team, just, you know, try to get a good number and, and do it that way? Or are you better off just saying, uh, trying to sort of surf the wave, which is like, um, I see this team's perform well two or three day, times in a row but I see the tide turning and I used to just be like that. I just sort of get a feel for, okay, like it would just, it's just like a sense of teams don't, you know, teams make adjustments Mm -hmm. over time and they don't always adjust right away. Different teams take different amounts of time to switch what they're doing and fix it. But you sort of got to like, and then, and then the market prices them based on their past history and then you got to sort of like know when to get off the train at the right stop and get back on a different one, you know, and just get the feel for it. Now, you're going to be wrong all the time because it's not, a, it's not something you can know with any kind of rigor or certainty. But I'm sort of like jealous of my old ways, even though they weren't necessarily working that great either. And I, I had my huge year a couple of years ago doing it this way. I'm sort of like I felt like Green Bay and, and Tennessee was time to get off the train with these lines. And I but I was like, oh, no, I already made the line. I'm going to stick to my method.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I and I don't even know if that's to blame for my uh, performance or lack thereof. I got slaughtered this week. And the early What'd after you end up? I,
3: I I after the early games I was like 1 and 8 or something. I, I, was, I was really two and seven. Bad. I was 2-7. Yeah? yeah. But and I was staring down 2 and 10. But miracle upon miracles. Denver. Oh my god. There was and so then much Chicago. I mean, that, you know, and honestly, the the Niners should have maybe pushed if they'd gotten the ball, but that's stupid uh, roughing the passer penalty or whatever the unnecessary roughness penalty when russell wilson fakes a slide the defender goes to hit him and then he actually slides and goes down to the defender's helmet level and gets hit and they throw a flag and it was the most nutless penalty it's like dude no you can't do that if you're gonna look like you're going ahead first and the guy can hit you in the in the waist or the midsection and then you lower your the level of your head as he's in his dive and then try to call it a slide that's that's no good i agree and so and and so that cost them a first down. it would have been like third and eight or something. And if the Niners get the ball back down 10, you know, maybe they chew up the clock getting a push. You know, it's not a cover, but a push on that touchdown. And then Seattle sits on it. And it's 30, 27 final. So that, you know, I, again, I'm pushing my luck because I got so lucky on Denver and, and Chicago. But all three were going the other way.
1: Yeah. That was wild. That was really wild The afternoon. I I have to discard my comprehensive Rivers is the Chargers problem theory. Uh, It is no longer a Rivers issue. This is too many times now. I mean, that was unreal. I mean, the Chargers
3: were housing them 24 to 3. How do you do that? I I don't know why they got into such a shell, like why they just kept running it. I mean, I don't know when teams are going to figure out, Forget about the clock unless it was like the Super Bowl was 28-3 and you just needed that field goal uh, by Kyle Shanahan and, he got, and Matt Ryan got sacked and took him out of field goal range and that, you know, cost him. But generally when there's like 15, 17, 18 minutes left and you've got a three-touchdown lead, don't start sitting on the ball. Right. Yes, you, 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 you take away some of the variance, but like you just score another touchdown and it's over. That's all you got to do. And then, you know, only when you get down to like – There's really mathematically no way if you just go three and out and punt it back to them every time that they can do anything when they start needing onside kicks and miracles, then you can sit on the ball. Then you can just hand it off and go right into the line.
1: Yeah. Uh, And the Denver tried to give it back. I mean, Denver was like running Melvin Gordon into the
3: pile Uh, on the two-minute drill. I have Melvin Gordon. He got six catches for like 20 yards, and it was terrible play calls. It was like, dude, you guys got to hurry up. Right. And they luckily got that – pass interference penalty against Albert O oh, where oh. I don't think he has any chance of coming down with that but you never know and you, you can't interfere and then they got stuffed twice again and it was like okay it's third down right when they got that KJ Hamler touchdown yeah it, it was the last play of the game though too I mean oh, the okay. t- it was the last play of the game.
1: yeah, the yeah. Block, and, and the thing is you know, even on that that PI, like yeah, not only was he not, uh, unlikely to come down with it inbounds, but also the defender had started to turn his head. It was close. It was so close. I mean, I could see not calling it. You know, the the Raven Steelers game, there was a lot of commentary on Twitter. Yo, know, you you don't call that. You know, on that that hit in the end zone, that was the high low hit. That's been called so many times in the NFL, defenseless receiver, etc. You know, but oh, we can't call that to decide a game. Well, Fast forward to Denver. They called it to decide the game.
3: I mean, that that, that was the game. Yeah, that was. Good. Maybe they didn't get stuff. Maybe you're right. There was one play left at that point. It was a t- In fact, it was a timeless play. It was, it a, was zero. Right. Yeah, it was a pass for the end, end zone, one untimed play, and then they got it to Hamler. It was that was like a tough throw, and it wasn't obvious either. So right, it was, right. It was insane. It was. It was. Uh, but I was. Just, I needed it so badly because now I'm five and eight after winning the Eagles. Like that's bad but it's not like I'm you know, like four and nine.
1: It, it's yeah. bad. I think I did the saints instead of the bears. You know, I have double checked that, but yeah, I did the saints instead of the bears. I did have the Seahawks. So I got that side of it, but uh.
3: so one of my decisions for uh prime time was, uh, you know, I have, I had Prescott. I lost him. Minshew was my backup, so I picked up Mayfield for way too much money. And then the wins, you know, all the windiness in that game. So I picked up Darnold. I don't know why I didn't pick up Drew Locke instead, but I picked up Darnold for a buck just in case. And so it was Darnold or Mayfield, and I put a poll out there on Twitter, and I wisely went with Mayfield, who scored nine, because Darnold got eight point seven five. Yeah, Nailed it. Made the right call. Nailed it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, for, uh, for, uh, we got. A couple, let's. I want to talk about a couple of those things because there. Uh, I want to talk about prime time as well. But before that, uh, football is back, and new customers at BetMGM Sports can kick the season off with a 100 deposit match up to 500. dollars Simply sign up and make a deposit with the bonus code RotoWire to take advantage of this offer. There's never been a better time to get on the action with BetMGM. At BetMGM with parlay bonus payouts, live betting, daily boosted odds, specials, and much more. Don't let one minute of the NFL season pass you by. Download the BetMGM app today, or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code RotoWire to double your betting bankroll with a hundred hundred uh, deposit match up to five hundred dollars, hundred percent deposit match up to five hundred dollars. Must be twenty one or older, or physically led and physically located in Colorado. Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia Sorry, no Portugal Please gamble responsibly Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada 1-800-GAMBLER in Nevada and West Virginia Or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana Promotional offer not available in Nevada Alright, Chris Uh, So, in prime time I had a mess on my hands I lost OBJ just like you did Uh, And, you know, scrambling to pick him up. I also have C.D. Lamb. And I was like, I can't start him with confidence anymore. You know, this is just, it just sucks. Can't do it. So I made a couple pickups. I picked up Kendrick Bourne. Uh, One,
3: yeah, that worked.
1: Yeah, only because of garbage time. It was all like fourth quarter add-on stats. He had like two catches going into the fourth quarter. But he went like eight for 82. So that got me through the week. And Nelson Aguilar, who I was pretty excited about. Uh, and all of a sudden, like those lat, uh, you know, and it was like, okay, he can catch now. No, oh, he's okay. Zero. Big fat zero yesterday. And that was all because of the wind, I think. But he did, he did nothing. Uh, and I had lamb on my bench and lamb only got me eight points. So I still got a problem at wide receiver basically.
3: So I picked up Jalen Rieger. I might've drafted him. I think I drafted him, you know, when he was hurt before right. the season started, I picked him up everywhere, which I'm happy about. We'll see. I mean, he had a decent game, but he only had three catches. Uh, and I, I have Slayton going tonight. I've got 121, but I won the week already, thankfully. But I also have Antonio Brown coming next week, and I have Debo who's hurt, and I have Meekole Hardman on my bench who had 22 points, which I wish who I wish I had started. And of course, I have Metcalf. So I feel like I've got enough receivers on that team. It's just the running backs that were so deep. I have Camara and Chubbs gets, cannot get back soon enough. And then, and then quarterback I'm in trouble because I've got like 40, but 38 bucks left and my quarterbacks are Mayfield and now Darnold and Minshew Minshew probably hurt. I might have to drop him. Of course, I'm going to drop Darnold. So there's just crap on the waiver wire and Mayfield is not good enough to roll with. You know, I can't, I'm not going to win the NFFC, you know, if if I even get to the playoffs, which is, you know, I'm like, I think I would make them today. I don't know. It's very close, but, you know, that's not enough. I need to get a quarterback and I'm not sure that guy's on the waiver wire. Maybe someone will need a roster spot who has three good quarterbacks and drop somebody, but this is if quarterback is my big issue, which, you know, it seems like ridiculous, like, oh, it's easy to find a quarterback, but not in a league with ten man benches where people have two or three.
1: I I don't know if there's a solution out there, to be honest with you, Chris. Uh, all the Guys were waiting to get the chance to get the jobs have gotten the jobs too. It's not like
3: two, there's another two out there. Well, Bridgewater. Oh, Daniel Jones got dropped by somebody. That's, that's a great solution. You know, it'll. this is good because he's going to probably not have a good game tonight. And he might be okay, but it's a tough defense. So he could be available. I don't have much to spend, but I, you know, Daniel Jones is the kind of guy, the giants actually have a really hard schedule for the next couple of weeks, but they're going to get an easy schedule. At like week 12, 13, 14. So well, 12 through 15 is easy. So he could actually be an option for your playoffs.
1: Yeah, he could be. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's tough in, in a league like that. And in a super flex league, you're screwed. I mean,
3: basically, uh, let, you know, no, you're stuck. Forget it. Yeah. No, it's not even worth, right.
1: You're, you're going after Andy, like Jake Luton or, uh, Mike Glennon. That, and neither of those are really answers.
3: No, they're not answers. Uh, Andy Dalton's still there. If I were desperate, uh Mitch Trubisky could get the job back at some point that's that's where we're at
1: yeah so yeah you know, I'm gonna have to keep finding wide receivers keep bidding on them I actually I'm not ready to give up on Aguilar though either I don't think this was on him I think this is just this game was just a wash oh you can never give up on Nelson Aguilar Jim. no clearly not former first round pick clear clearly uh you know I gotta have to keep the faith on that one there but you know that the, the sequence that killed me uh, was uh, Josh Jacobs three shots from the two, yard, like two and one yard line? I thought he got in on the second one, uh, but they didn't do any replay on that. Got stuffed again, and then they settled for the field goal from like the the inch line. Like, you kidding me? Just because they were going up two scores, it was the right decision, right. I think. But it was still annoying as all hell because Cleveland wasn't getting it done yesterday. They they were the biggest uh, you know bust of the day. You know, I thought Kareem Hunt was
3: going to go crazy. Uh, You know, I I guess the wind just destroyed everything in that game. Yeah, it was very windy. And, you know, Hunt isn't the bulldozer that Chubb is. He's a good running back, but he's more of a pass catcher. He's more of a sort of all-purpose finesse guy. He's got some power, but he's not like the bulldozer that you need for a game with those conditions. I had Landry, and, you know, I started Mayfield in that prime time, and he threw a touchdown to Landry. I had Landry in another league. Yep. And got called back, and I needed it so badly. I was just – I was just so frustrated. And then he got another one that was kind of in his hands that got knocked away, knocked out of his hands after yep. he had it in his hands. He had basically two touchdowns that one was reversed on a call, and one was you know knocked out after he had it. So it was he was the big
1: play tease. I saw a couple of people commenting on that on Twitter yesterday, uh, and yeah, that that overturn was a killer. Uh, he had uh, eleven targets too. Landry Landry's going to be very busy the rest of the
3: way. Yeah, but he's not. He just doesn't really make a lot of big plays, right. and. It's gonna be, you know, sort of Julian Edelman esque, you know, his his season and probably like the not not the best version. But I think Landry's a little banged up too. Yeah. Landry, I mean, he is banged
1: up. He's playing with a broken rib. Uh you know, and that's the, you know, the thing is he it reminds me of the Miami days with him. There'll be games where he's very productive, but yeah, you're right. It's not big plays, it's volume. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so
3: I'm talking right, about uh, volume. Like, David, David Montgomery gets all the volume in the world, and he just, 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 he, oh. he just can't get it done. He just cannot get it done. That Bears offense is so tough to watch. You
1: know, Aikman was losing it yesterday. It was yeah. funny. Even, even though they got the tie with that field, it was like,
3: I don't know what they're doing. You can't just keep going the dink and dunk. He was going nuts. It was hilarious. Well, A- Aikman has been radicalized. Aikman used to be Mr. Apologist for the surrender punt, and – there was a play, it was, it was fourth and two from their own 20. They were only down three. There was two minutes left in the third quarter. There was 17 minutes left in the game. And he's like, I just think they got to go for it. here. You can't punt this back again after doing nothing. you got to go for it on their own 20. And I didn't necessarily disagree because, you know, it was one of those things where your defense is on the field a lot and you just got to make a play, execute, get a first down, and then, like, you know, change the, the tenor of the game a little bit, make their defense play defense for a while. Yeah. And they they ended up punting. it was the one where you said coward. Just, I think, I think it was that same play where you're like, don't be a coward. They, they lined up as if they were going to uh, go for it. Then they ended up punting. Right. But for Aikman to be advocating for a punt on your own 20 down, only three with 17 minutes left in the game. Like that was unheard of. He used to be advocating. He'd be like, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta do the conservative thing and punt when it was like, you know, in plus territory on fourth and three. So, uh, the, things have shifted a lot in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. There, there was some weird stuff going on. The Titans punted from the Bengals. Like I want to say the Bengals 36 because they missed a 53 yard field goal earlier. They is fourth and 12. So I, I understood why they didn't go for it, but they, they, it was a touchback. They gained
3: 16 yards of field position. Yeah. It was cowardly. Well, they probably, they probably weren't aiming for the touchback, but I would have gone on fourth and 12, probably there, but 50 plus yard field goals when your kicker is mediocre, are not great propositions because no. it's only three points. If you miss, you get seven yards back from where the line is. So just go for is. it. Just run a play. But fourth and 12 is tough. I get it. I understand. A low percentage thing. If it's fourth and seven, it's a no-brainer. But fourth and 12, you're, you know, it, you're like, all right, I, I still think you should go for it probably, especially with the, against the Bengals' defense if you have the Titans' offense. But right. um, that 30 yards of field position you could get if you get them inside the 10 might be worth – you know, that the small chance that you convert on fourth and 12, but then they didn't even execute the punt. As you said, it was a touchback.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it, they just seemed off, <laughs> you know, and I think that's that, I think that's kind of normal. Like you said, they were in a war against the Steelers. They thought they were going to be in a war against the bills the week before that, that was their big comeback you know, from the COVID and all that. It, it's hard to be up. 17, 16 weeks of the season, you know, a letdown is kind of normal. You would think against the Bengals out of division on the road, normal place to have a letdown. So I'm not, I'm not really that worried about the Titans to be honest with
3: you. No, I think the Titans are going to be good. I, I think the Titans are a real contender. I think Vrabel's got that team dialed in and the Steelers Ben needs to play better. He's a little shaky for me, but obviously the defense is really good. I'm yeah. not, I, I kind of feel like the Titans are better than the Steelers, even though the Steelers are the undefeated team. And I, the Chiefs, obviously, are still the team to beat. I think if they're going all out with Mahomes and they're getting Hardman involved, it's still the best team. I don't care. Their defense is a little shaky. So I'd go Chiefs distant one, and then I guess I'd say Titans two, Steelers three, but they're close. And then I got to go Steelers two over the Titans. They beat the Titans straight up in Tennessee, no less. The Titans were like playing like a short rest. You know, they had the whole COVID lack of uh, consistent practice and they had, they, they only beat the Titans because the Titans missed a field goal. Uh, and well, that was just Titans, a tie.
1: So they yeah, could have still the beaten them. Right. They were the and winning was, team all along. And no, the Titans had a normal rest that week. Remember it was, they played, they, they played the bills, then the Texans, then the Steelers.
3: But they were coming off a uh, two games of short rest and into the third game. So they were like, and they, they had it like, You know, maybe it's sort of a lag effect of not having your, of having three week three games and two, two calendar weeks or something, but they dominated the second half of that game. And I don't know. They look like the better team to me. Steelers got off quickly, but they, the Titans look like the better team to me. Uh, Steelers 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 dominated the
1: first half just as much as the Titans dominated the second half though. I mean, both halves count.
3: Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like the Steelers offense could not execute and the defense is good. Mm -hmm. But offense is two thirds. Defense is one third. Like in my opinion, like I think like the defense, especially with these rules that we have these days, it's like once the once the defense gets worn out or the offense starts cooking, the defense is like there's no defense that's good enough to to shut you down. There's no defense that's good enough these days. The best defense these days is like, you know, you don't have like those you know, vaunted defenses of the eighties that won super bowls maybe, or, or the Ravens defense. Maybe, maybe one will emerge. Maybe Tampa will be that or the Steelers, but yeah, give me the offense. We got
1: Bucks saints next week. So that should be a pretty good game. Looking forward to that. Should be. Yeah,
3: of course, not as much as bucks giants. I'm really looking forward to that, Chris, but you know. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I, I've got slate in a couple of places and I, it might, I kind of feel like it might be a look ahead game to the saints the giants been off 11 days. Yeah. They may, they may pull a Bengals esque offensive line. Doesn't play horribly for once. <laughs> and like, and the bucks, you know, it's like they're up for it. And, and then the defense steps up, gets some pressure on Brady. I don't know. I don't, I don't really think the giants are going to win, but I definitely like the giants on the points. Now they can get obviously crushed, but, um, it just sets up well for the Giants, I think. Well, I got bad news for you because I think I also took the Giants
1: in this game, so you're probably screwed. But I th- We got this, Jeff. We got this one. All right. We'll I'll close on that. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to the uh, Rotoar Fantasy Football Podcast. We got Jake and Joe tomorrow talking free agents. Please, as always, subscribe, rate, and review the pod. We really do appreciate it. Hit that like button on YouTube as well. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.